Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday mornings come around again, and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening. Greetings gardening friends, hoping everyone is well and surviving wild woolly weather that we're having mid-November. I think today and tomorrow are going to be a little bit uh, easier to cope with. You're with Ray Burton and my co-host today is Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. In the chair for Faye Caro. Faye will return next week. And the team is here. We've got Bev Daring and John Glidden and the lines are open 94841927 and a big shout out thank you to the dynamic duo Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton. Uh, They kicked off Saturday morning in style with always nostalgic breakfast tunes. I hope you enjoyed that. And Jim Crinan will join you at 10am. He didn't do his little cycling update today. He will be here, however, at 10am with the classic 70s. Linda, good morning. Good morning. Didn't get blown away up where you live. Well, it, it's been a bit wild. wild. Really, I know. It? I know. Yeah. It's been so unpredictable. Yes. Yeah. And decent drop of rain. Yes. You know? Which and is good for us. I think the yeah. poor farmers possibly not so yeah, good at the moment. Yeah. It's, correct. Yeah. yeah. It's all about timing. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's. It's just, there are no rhymes or reasons to anything. What can we say? (laughs) We just have to endure it. Mother Nature is in control. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're having a nice little cheery show today. We're talking pretty things, which uh, is a little indulgent of me, but certainly in Faye's absence, we are chatting with Andrea Whiteley at 20 past eight. And because there's only, dare I say it, five weeks left till Christmas, as of tomorrow, I know, it's uh, scary, we need to... Look at right now, if you want your gardens to look schmicko, we need to be looking at it right now, not Mm -hmm. in two weeks' time now. So Andrea's going to be giving us some ideas uh, about that. And she's also just going to tell us a little bit what she does in her other role. She wears many hats, but a day in the life of a garden consultant. And we're also chatting with Bob Melville at five past nine, the Rose Man. And we are talking summer rose care. So if you've got rose questions, uh, also, again, last minute tips for Christmas, garden preparation and the dreaded chilli thrip. It is around. Uh, I was chatting to Bob yesterday. He said it is out there. It's being kept uh, low because of the weather. Okay, so we are are having cooler weather and the rain keeps it away. But look out when when and if that changes. And I think Faye's going to be calling in a random phone call from Faye Caro sometime this morning. Give us a bit of an overview about her garden. The wedding happened yesterday and, uh, boy, she had to work very, very hard. And she's just going to give us a little bit of an overview about her garden, the lead up to it and how it was looking and uh, the end result. So we look forward to speaking to her as well. 94841927. We're in Byford saying good day to Joy. Good morning. First cab off the rank. Good morning. Good morning, Joy. Now, a few months ago, I pruned my orange tree, you may remember, with the chainsaw. Yeah. Um, And it's really, really beautiful. But do I need to thin it out? Because it's very thick in the middle 
and it's made a lovely lot of growth. Do I need to knock any of the inside to open it up to the air or is it okay? Personally, Joy, I would. Uh, if you've cut it back quite severely and it's putting on that lovely lush new growth, it's obviously gone into a little bit of a shock mode and is trying to pump out as much leaf growth as yep, it can. Yeah, it would have. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, but they do recover so beautifully. So, yes, I would take this opportunity to shape the tree while the, the new wood it's putting out is soft and small. And you do yep. want to make sure that there's airflow inside the tree for sure. Yep. So I would take this opportunity to give it a light, regular trim. Um, you're obviously going to upset the fruiting for a while, but if yeah, you can get yeah. the shape back to something that's a manageable and, a, and an attractive shape for you, then definitely do it. Oh, okay, because it's really thick in the middle and I thought, mm, I looked at it the other day and thought this probably needs thinning out a bit. Yeah. I know I won't get any fruit probably for maybe a couple of years, yes. but yeah, that's fine. It was just too big. Yeah. 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 It'll okay, be rejuvenated. Yeah. All right. Good luck. And thank you. And it's beautiful. I thought at one stage we'd killed it, but um, <laughs> no, it was a good time to do it. And can I do it now? Well, I, I probably would because, yeah, there's yeah you may as well train it to the way that you want it to be. So, um, yep. yeah, I would. Okay. All the best for the festive season, ladies. Thank you. You uh, too. You too, Joy. Okay, thank you. I've been looking forward to the rose, man, about the thrip. Yes. Because the roses are beautiful at the moment. But Everywhere, yeah, and it's it. heartbreaking. So we do need to have a chat and uh, get everybody thinking about it at least so that we can yes. enjoy our roses. I, I'm picking mine and bringing them in while I can. Why not? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank Thanks. you, ladies. Thanks, Joy. Okay. And let's head to Dianella. Caroline, hi. Good morning, ladies. Morning. How are you all this morning? Good. Really well. Thank you. Thanks. Look, um, I've put in a couple of beds here. Uh, they've got vegetables. One's got my passion fruit in it. But when I'm watering lately or when I've gone out there, as I've watered, there's been like this cloud of tiny insects have come up. I can't see them. They're so small. They're like motes of dust. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd say they'd be whitefly. Um, they are very, very much around at the moment and causing a lot of problems. And like you said, when you disturb the plant, they just come up in a huge big cloud. So um, oh, there are a few things that you can do. Uh, they will peak because of the, the kind of climatic conditions and things. So their numbers will decrease as it warms up a little more and things change um, because with a lot of bugs it's always um, opportunism with regards to the climatic conditions and then of course the predators you would hope would move move in yeah. so some of the more traditional things for white fly control is you can get those sticky traps in the garden um, mm -hmm. put them right down amongst your plants and there are some these days that come with almost like a, a cage uh, covering I suppose and the reason is because small birds like really tiny little birds can be stuck to the yellow traps and that's really tragic we don't want no, to see that in the that. garden so yeah there's a big push actually for for um, the old-fashioned plane traps to be removed off the market for that reason yeah but even if you have some of those you can fashion some kind of loose covering because the insects will still be attracted they're yellow so they uh, attract the the insects visually so as long as the insects can see them and fly around them they'll they'll still get onto the traps 
And the other uh, tip, I think I mentioned it last week, actually, it's the um, the vacuum cleaner trick. Yep, mm. absolutely. So they're a little bit more sluggish in the morning. So if you can go out before it gets too warm with a vacuum cleaner, a little handheld one is, is ideal, disturb the bush, they'll come up in that big cloud, turn the vacuum on and get rid of the little suckers that way. So what do they do to the plants? What does the white fly actually do? Well, they're sap suckers, so they will um, cause distorted growth. They mm. can spread disease to your plants, you know, other like bacterial things. So, yeah, they're generally just one of those annoying garden pests. You can still eat any produce that they have been on, but you'll often find they'll leave little silvery um, trails and little tiny pock marks and things in the leaves because they do um, eat through the leaf surface to, to suck out the chlorophyll and things from the leaves. Oh, because I noticed for chilies, when, when they were growing, all those leaves are normal, but the new leaves on the top are a little bit distorted. Yes. I think that might be the white fly. Possibly, unless you've got the dreaded chili Chili trip. Trip. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Is that what it looks like? Oh, oh dear. Mm. Yes. But what do you do for chili trip? Well... Stay tuned. We're, yes. we're chatting to Bob Melville at five past nine and we are discussing chilli thrip this morning, Caroline. Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I'll listen to the whole show, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Lovely, thank you. Good luck. Okay, good on you. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers Bye. for now. And we do have Fayakara online. Woo-hoo! Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, girls. How are you? We're well. How, do, how, how are you, more to the point? Oh, I'm on a high. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm wandering the garden, yeah. finding the odd bottle and glass. <laughs> and I, see. I see. I see. <laughs> Is there anyone sleeping under the bushes mm-hmm. this morning? No, no, no. They all ubered out by midnight. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am bathing in the afterglow, I think you say. It's, mm. You know, that rain that came in, oh, my goodness, it bucketed down on Thursday and mm. the gutters overflowed. The brick paving flooded. Everything's been washed away, and the the clouds parted yesterday at lunchtime. We got a little bit of drizzle, and the ceremony kicked off at five o'clock. And it was sunshine, and everyone enjoyed champagne and a grazing platter on the front lawn after the ceremony. The flower girls sprinkled fresh rose petals. Laura looked a treat. And the vows were amazing and mm. funny, and mm. I think everyone had a good time. The garden has scrubbed up. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been months and months yeah. and months of work, Faye. 11 months, Ray. Oh, yeah. good grief. Gosh. So now I think you sit back and you just enjoy it. Oh, no, I want to go out today and get the hanging baskets, the liners to replace a, a few odd ones. You know, like you... You sort of think, well, you'd love another week, and now I'm going to go that next step and do all those things I didn't quite get, get to. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I'm amazingly, I've still got energy so far, Ray. Yeah, well, I hope it's... you don't crash and burn, kid, because you've been pushing, pushing it at both ends for a long time. So take it easy, <laughs> do what you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, but, I'm sure yeah. at some point it will hit you, but it's been a mammoth task, and uh, I certainly well, you're in our thoughts yesterday with the weather. Well, I think that's it. I think collectively we had a lot of people on our side. Yeah. And I stood, I stood there after the service, looked up at the sky, which was blue, and the clouds moved away. And then after they, all, they had all their photos 
and came into the marquee and it started to rain. And mm. I just cried. It was like, oh, you know, we Timing. were so blessed. Timing is everything. Yeah. yeah. No, we look forward. I know that there'll be lots of photos on Facebook when you when you get I around. I hardly to it. took a photo, Ray. I was so busy. Oh, that is yeah, so not you. <laughs> I know. I know. But I did, yeah. I did get a little video that I'm going to send you. Okay. I will tell you more about it next week. Have All a right. great show this morning, and thanks for stepping in, Linda. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. And, yeah, I'm glad it was uh, – I knew it was going to be, so, yeah, I'm glad it was a wonderful experience for you all. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Beautiful. All right, go, go and get your hanging baskets. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy the day. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Okay, I think I think she's still just on a on a high. So I think so. We're going Good to honor. phase on Sunday. The Fern Society are having their Christmas uh, party, and we're going along to that because the marquee and every it's all set up. Beautiful. So we're all just sliding in on Sunday uh, for a few hours, which will be really nice. So yeah, uh, look forward to that as well. So may as well make use of uh, of uh, the the situation. But uh, yes, Faye will return next Saturday. She's been working very hard for the for her daughter's wedding and uh, she has a very, very big area to she do. She does. And she's yes. been working like a Trojan for yeah. so long. So yeah, I think you just need to walk around and congratulate yourself because her, her garden is just looking, um, it's just like it's on steroids. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work has to go in and I take my hat off to people with open gardens. Yeah. Wow, don't underestimate the work that goes into that. That's right. Day and night, night and day. Yeah, and for and not weeks, months and yes. months. And then the weather, you've got to deal with the weather as well. I mean, there's certain things we cannot control. So I hope people got along to the open garden last weekend. We'd love, love to hear some feedback about that as well. I think we've come to an end with our open garden season this year. I think we've pretty much seen all of the open gardens. So we've had a, we've all been very, very spoiled. We look forward to that recommencing next year. We might get a wrap-up, actually, from uh, from Open Gardens WA on air in the next week or two and just go over what we've seen and what's coming up perhaps for the following year. We look forward to that as well. 94841927. I might get you to do an email and then we'll have a quick ad break. Certainly, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, there was an interesting one from uh, Selma who had sent in uh, some photos and she was saying she moved some lavender bushes around her frangipanis and cleared the bed to replant. And she was horrified to find some little insects, which she said looked like fleas. And she sent in the photo. And um, mm. Thea even saw it during the week. And he, I can't believe she even had time to reply. But anyway, <laughs> she did. And She's she, quite spasmodic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's about bugs, so I guess mm. it is a pet subject. Mm. And um, they are indeed a critter called a land prawn, which I thought... Yum. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how edible they are. Oh. Uh, I did a little bit of quick Googling because I was a bit excited. I thought, oh, these are something that are fairly uncommon. They can be called lawn prawns, which yes. is quite catchy also. And um, they appear to be quite common over east. Uh, they appear to like wetter soils and wetter conditions. But, yeah, definitely nothing to worry about. And uh, their face says she's got them at her place. Um, and yeah, nothing to worry about. They don't so. do any damage. Yep. Isn't that nice when you find things and you get have it's relief to know that they're not actually harmful. Yeah, and it's doing they're always then garden. doing something good something. because they're part of the food chain. There'll yeah. be food for lizards and frogs and yeah. critters like that. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah little, awesome. A little crustacean. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Lawn prawns. All right, back shortly. Curtain Radio in Perth.
You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 100.1 FM and my special guest in the studio is Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. Now, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to have a chat with Andrea Whiteley. Uh, she's a regular with us and a gardening consultant amongst many other hats that Andrea actually wears. Good day, Andrea. How are you? Oh, good morning. Good morning, Perth Gardeners. Yes. How's your garden after all that weather? Oh, my goodness. We had uh, 45 mils of rain here in, in Florida yesterday. Oh, wow. My garden, and now the sun's shining and the birds are just going nuts. Yeah. The roses are looking gorgeous. I'm so excited. It's the perfect time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine your garden is absolutely going off. You sent me some photos the other night, and certainly I know your roses look absolutely amazing at the moment. As roses out there in general look look wonderful, fingers crossed that we can keep them looking mm. that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And so now's a great time to, we've uh, had that beautiful spring flush of our roses. Yes. Which is really the best time for roses in Perth, and I kind of prune mine very, very late uh, these days, sort of end of August, yep. mid, up to mid-September. So Do you? Oh, wow. Really beautiful flush of uh, gorgeous blooms coming through now. And it's great to deadhead them so that uh, so as soon as one's finished off, start deadheading them yes. so that you're getting more roses coming on so that by Christmas time, you're going to have a, still a, an abundance of beautiful roses for your Yes, to enjoy at your at your place when they come to visit. And will you be doing Christmas at your house this year? I, I certainly am. We've got a, a quite a, a schedule of uh, events happening at our place this year. So you always we're do. Going to be busy. Yeah, very yeah. very busy. So tell me, how is you said you also mentioned you're very busy in your other line of work, which is being a garden consultant. What's happening there? Tell me about your day. Absolutely. So uh, the day in the life of the garden consultant is <laughs> yes. exciting at the moment. So um, I've spent the last week out and about um, searching for plants for my clients. See, and, that would, uh, to me, right there, that would just be the most exciting thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it combines two wonderful hobbies of mine, shopping. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, you've nailed it. <laughs> So I get to um, go around to all the amazing wholesalers um, that are available in Perth, and um, you know, poking around in their in their back sheds and trying to find those perfect plants for my clients. Because I know I go and visit the client in their home and um, decide with the client which uh, garden is which plant is going to best suit that exact spot. So then I go out and I source those plants for them. So when I'm looking for a tree, for example, I um, am looking for a perfect tree that's going to sit in the space where I've advised the client to plant it. So I'm looking for for interesting features of a particular plant. So it's quite a quite a specific um, art to going and finding the perfect plant. Yeah. And and I think the your clients are lucky that you go and do that and take such care in selecting. You just don't walk into, I don't know, a wholesale nursery and go, I need one of those, one of those and one of those. You're actually inspecting the plant and making sure it's the perfect specimen for, for your client. I think that's important. I am indeed because yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm a gardener for life, I say to people. Like yeah. I'm 
there to make sure that their garden is going to look beautiful in um, you know in time for Christmas, but also it's going to look amazing in five years, ten years, and twenty years. That's how um, it works. I'm not yeah. interested in just uh, putting something in. Uh, to tizzy up the house to sell it, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm there for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and once I love that part of my work. I love. I was talking to a client last night uh, who I put their garden in seven years ago, and um, they were talking about the changes that they've been making and all sorts of exciting things that they've been doing. But the the bones, the essential bones of the garden. Uh, they were expressing to me how lovely it is and you know all the trees that we put in together have now started sort of to come into maturity and they're looking absolutely amazing so um, I, I, I really get a big kick out of that, that absolutely makes me, makes me happy yeah yeah and so after the selection of plants etc what's the next phase for you so then the next phase for me is to um, get in touch with all of my other suppliers so um you know, talking about soil and improving the soil and because, mm. you know, bad soil, bad plants, you're gonna, yeah. you know, healthy soil, healthy plants. We all bang on about that every day and there's a good reason for that because you can, um, you can put in quite inexpensive plants if you have really good soil True. and those plants are going to take off. So you don't always have to have huge, big plants in the initial stages of installing a new garden. It's actually uh, sometimes it's better to spend more money on the soil preparation and purchase smaller plants, especially with our Australian natives. It's actually better if they're they're smaller going into the ground because they like to get their roots established. If you put them in as a bigger specimen, and it's very tempting to put in big specimens straight away. Instant garden, yeah. Yes, exactly. But um, if you're prepared to sort of wait a little bit, and it really doesn't take that long, especially for our natives to establish themselves. Um, if you put them in a little bit smaller, they'll um, settle into the ground much quicker. It sounds a bit funny and, um, you know, people think, oh, you know, bigger is better, but it, actually it is better to allow them to establish themselves from young and yeah. get used to that soil, the new conditions that they're in, and uh, really it sets you sets you up for a a more beautiful garden going forward. More success yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And do you design the garden as well, Andrea? Absolutely, I mm. do design the garden. Mm. And um, I, I'm all about uh, creating habitat gardens, so mm. uh, creating different layers in the garden to encourage uh, different species of birds and um and other uh, fauna into the garden. So, you know, if you want little birds, then you have to have plants that are down low mm-hmm. and providing food for those little tiny birds. And I certainly have that in my garden. But I also have big tree canopy and a medium-sized canopy. So you want uh, to create different zones within the garden to allow different types of... to invite different types of birds into your garden. And that, yeah. for me, is very important when I'm working with my clients to create those kind of gardens. Uh, but I also design at the moment, I'm really excited because, you know, as a result of my travels to the US over the last couple of years, well, not the last couple, because no. but before that, um, I travel to the US every year for inspiration and yeah. also mm. of an organisation called Garden Com over there. I... Um, I'm installing a Palm Springs stroke Arizona style garden 
uh, for a family that I've been working with over many years in in Kalaroo, which is going to be a really exciting project. Yes. So I'm doing lots of cacti and succulents and really paring back the planting so that each plant becomes a piece of uh, art or a piece of beauty on its own. So that's why the plant selections for this garden have been really quite tricky because it has to be the exactly the perfect plant for the spot that I'm putting in. So I'm yeah. taking a lot of time yeah. with my plant selection for that one. I'm really excited for that because it's uh, not uh, a design that I would normally uh, normally do. So it's no. stepping out of my comfort zone, which I'm really excited no, about. No, that sounds like a really wonderful project. like to see the end result of that one, absolutely. Yeah, so at the moment we're installing lots of subsurface irrigation and you know, making sure the plants are going to be really healthy. Setting it all up. Using stone mulch and we're still having lawn because it's important that you've got a, a small green foil of lawn to keep the place looking cool. Yeah. Um, but using stone mulch instead of wood chips and, and other types of mulches which I normally use. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Lots of corten steel edging and... Uh, love yeah, corten steel, yeah. Oh, me too. Mm. I love that, yeah. Mm. Yes, no. So, young lady, what are some great tips for our listeners regarding prepping their gardens for Christmas? Do they have to rush out and buy uh, some annuals? What can they do to make sure that their gardens are looking a bit schmicko come five well, weeks' time? Somebody said to me the other day, there's five Mondays until Christmas. Yeah. About how to have heart attack. But anyway, no. because that means I've got a lot of work to do between now and then. Um, but look, it's exciting times out there in the garden centres because um, you can really pretty up your garden. Doesn't matter how big or small it is, whether you live in a terrace or you know you only have a little courtyard or whatever. This is a great time of the year to go out and buy some beautiful plants and create some containers uh, to mm. to enjoy around your alfresco areas or wherever you're just sort of sitting, even if you're not having other people over um, to um, spend some, you know, enjoy some Christmas cheer with, the, um, you know, you want to make it beautiful for yourself. Oh, yeah. So um, I always, um, at Christmas time, I love uh, buying some hydrangeas to have in pots at my front door. Um, yes. And this year, I'll be, like, if you consider buying a beautiful hydrangea, and I think about them as an annual, I think yeah. about them as a bunch of flowers. Yes. You know, if you go out and buy a bunch of flowers, it's not hard to spend $50 on a bunch of flowers. If you can buy a beautiful big hydrangea for about $40 or $45, um, they will last all sum summer long. You'll enjoy their blooms at your front door, and every time you come home, you'll see them in the pot looking gorgeous in a nice sort of shade, semi, you know, with a little bit of sun position. Yes. Um, you'll enjoy that for, you know, Months. six, eight weeks, yeah. um, which is much longer than a bunch of flowers. So sure is. High changes for sure. Yeah, and good one. We'll be getting some white ones for the front door. Gorgeous. Um, other lovely combinations for, like, you can create some uh, potted colour, so quite inexpensively. Some beautiful calabracoas in Christmas colours. This year, are, um, there's a lovely one called Super Double Ruby, which, as you can imagine, is beautiful red. There's bouquet white, uh, bouquet red, white chimes. You can combine the red and white ones together if you want yeah. to with a traditional theme. If you want to go a little bit more modern, you can look for purple um, flowers. So 
if you want a thriller in the middle of a container, yeah. why not go with the Limonium Perezia, which yeah. is that beautiful purple status, status and yes. surround it with um, some petunias. White, uh, there's one called Limbo White. And so that can be your filler. So the Limonium is your thriller. The petunias are your filler. And then your spiller could be um, something like um, you could do dichondrosil. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Mm. Yeah, that would be gorgeous combination because you've got the silver, the purple and the white. Looks so if you're going for a really modern look, that would look fabulous. Yes. Remember, green is a colour, so yes. um, you can do green and white. You can do red and green, uh, red, white and green, purple. And just look for all the flowers that are blooming at the moment. And pop them up, and they'll last for for uh, right up until Christmas. And uh, the the garden centres are all filled with gorgeous flowers at the moment because of the cooler weather that we've been having. Yes, yes, there is a there is an upside to all of this, isn't there? The gardens and the garden centres are looking um, fantastic. Yeah, and why not consider an Australian plant container? So you could put as your thriller. Um, some kangaroo paws. So there's the red one called Anagazanthus flavidus red, and that's super tough, and that will grow to about two to three metres tall. So imagine what a thriller that's going to be. Yeah. And then you can surround that with um, something like the Cineraria silver dust, which has really interesting silver-coloured foliage. Yeah. How gorgeous yeah. would that be either side of your front door in two big terracotta pots? I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm counting. Yeah, my, 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 my purse string, my purse will be <laughs> empty by the time end of this conversation. As, as you're talking, I'm plotting, so I can't help well, basically, that. Basically, I'm a shopper. Yes, me too. Shopper. Yes, me too. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. and so with our for our listeners, what about getting the garden fertilised now? Is it too late, too early? What are your thoughts on that? Look, it's definitely not, it's never too late to fertilise, but um, think about um, adding gentle fertilisers. So things like mature compost, go around, chuck a few handfuls of mature compost onto your garden beds, into your containers, your hanging baskets. And really improves the soil by using compost. Mm. And it's not too late to mulch. So if you haven't mulched, now's the time to get out there and do it, especially while this weather's nice and cool. Mulch with some straw mulch. If you've got a cottage-style garden or veggie patch, uh, straw mulch is fantastic. Um, You can do wood chips for a native garden or even any sort of style of cottage garden. It's not too late to get out there and mulch and it will save you money um, and reduce your water consumption. So Mm -hmm. check your reticulation. Get out there and make sure that all of your retic is working. Um, Put some mature compost on the garden and chuck on some mulch and your garden will be good to go for summer. And are you a seaweed girl? Do you like to add seaweed in? Uh, no, uh, because I, I've really converted over these last couple of years to just using the mature compost, and okay. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you actually. I think the yeah. compost is 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 king. Absolutely, it's so important. and you know, buy I buy it in because I I just don't I don't have the I don't have a huge big garden, so um, I don't have the space to be making my own compost. And, yeah, and I, I get and you. Six-week end-to-end process, and it has to be done properly. So I go out and I buy 
um, mature compost, and I'm very, very happy with the, the products that I, I can avail myself of here in Perth. There's great mature compost, and it's very inexpensive. So it's probably the most inexpensive fertiliser that you can get. And I know the little friend, little friend of mine sitting in the in the room with you there, she produces a fantastic product. Ah, yes, yes, Green Life Soil Co. <laughs> Indeed. All yeah. right, young lady, I will let you get back to your weekend. I know you're a very busy gal and yeah. uh, we appreciate you've given us some food for thought. Lots definitely. of great ideas. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. I would encourage people to um, think about, if you don't have the... Um, you know the financial means to to um, yeah, to, to hire a um, you know a, a landscape designer or something like that, or maybe you have a smaller project to consider um, seeking the services of a garden consultant. Mm. It's a different um, style of work. It's um, you know spending time with that person building your garden over years and. Um, getting that extra advice could be very helpful for a lot of people. It's an investment. Employing yeah. A, yeah. You know, a great big company who comes in and yeah. um, does your garden, which might not suit everybody. but um, Personalised one-on-one. I get it. Yeah, Very much so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that very much. Yeah. Thank you. Have a fantastic Saturday, everybody. We Thank will. You, Andrea. All right. We appreciate your time. Thank you Thank so you. much, love. You take You're care of yourself. You're very welcome. All right. Bye. Happy gardening. Yes, <laughs> you too. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, look, that gives you a lot to think about, doesn't it? There's Absolutely. so many, so many angles there. And you just have to... Now is the time to really be plotting, uh, not one week before Christmas because we just don't have the time. But now t- you, you can actually, you know, maybe do a couple of nursery runs and look at walk around your garden and see what you need to be doing and what areas you'd like to, what I say, zhuzh up a yeah. little bit. And, yep. yeah, she's just given us some really great ideas and some great advice. Andrea Whiteley, uh, she, amongst many other things, is a gardening consultant. She has a great website, does a blog, and uh, her own garden is... Uh, Drop dead gorgeous. Beautiful. She's very mm. much into the cottagey, but I don't think there's too many plants she doesn't have actually in her garden. She's in Floria area and that's near the beach and she does incredible work and she gets, a, as she said, a lot of her inspiration from the US. She was doing regular trips to the US up until the, the COVID factor, but I think she still has a lot of contacts over there and she still liaises and she brings in some fresh ideas to us, which we, we love. That's so great. thank thanks, yeah. Andrea, very much. Now we're going to have a short break. Lines are free, 94841927. Thank you for your company this morning. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. And my guest in the studio with me is Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. Straight back out to the lines. We will be heading to the news at 9am as well. And then after that, about five past nine, chatting with Bob Melville. Uh, the Roseman, and uh, we all look forward to that as well. We're in Alfred Cove. Yvonne, hello. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Good. Uh, petunias. Yes. Um, I never have any success. Everybody else is around my neighbourhood is blooming beautifully, and mine are all spindly and horrible. Um, when you buy them in the punnet, I've been told, and whether it's a true thing or not, that as the little plant grows you pinch off the flowers so that it creates the plant to become bushy is is that correct there is definitely truth in that yes uh it will it will try and yeah bush up a little bit more it's like most plants um they they exist to uh 
breed, if you want, for want of a better word. So flowers yep. and things are how they do it. So if you are taking off the flowers and the fruits of anything, they'll pump more energy into doing more of the same. And so they will attempt to have more um, spots on the plant to create more flowers. So, yeah, you're basically tip pruning it by doing that. So how long do you keep taking the flowers off until such time as you think it's wishy enough to start doing its own thing? Yeah, or? yeah. obviously you can't do it uh, forever or you won't get no. to enjoy any of the flowers. But, but yeah, <laughs> I would do it for a good you know, um, month or so at least until the plant looks really well established mm. and the plant itself is looking healthy and yep. isn't too straggly and things like that and then let it, let it do its thing. Okay, and if it starts to get straggly, you can just sort of prune it back and... Absolutely, uh, and it'll rejuvenate it, yes. Yeah, so there's no particular time to do that. It's when it looks ugly, you just chop it off and hope it grows to well, be a better plant. That's my methodology. It might not be the best one, but <laughs> it works for me. Uh, all right, ladies, thank you very much indeed. I shall put my little ones in the ground and... Uh, nurture them to a nice little bushy healthy plant so Yvonne another thought too um, actually we were talking about seaweed to use it or not to use it in this instance I think it's always very helpful to soak the petunia punnets in a bit of seaweed mix for a little while before you put them in the ground okay that gives a bit of a head start it does yeah Yeah. okay try try that too and they love they love something like a bit of thrive or something when you're ready to give them a bit of push along Mm. Because they're, they're all about oh. their flowers. That's what we have them for. So fr- uh, thrive in yeah, the uh, liquid like that. form? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, liquids are, yeah. are taken up quite quickly by the plants. And because they are annuals and you're really wanting them to perform, yeah, yeah. A, a light liquid feed every few weeks is, is a probably thing. a good idea. Mm. Don't go too heavy-handed, but, yeah, just a light liquid feed will just keep them, keep them primed. So just dilute it quite lightly just yes. to give them that little bit of a boost. Yeah. Fantastic. Lovely. Oh, well, I shall get my little punnets out this afternoon and pop them in. And yes, do see so. What happens? I'll do my best. Enjoy. Thank Enjoy. You very much. <laughs> Cheers, you. Yvonne. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. And let's head over to Wilson. June, good morning. Oh, good morning, my darlings. Look, I've got a little black thing like um, think it, It's a tiny black thing like a seed. It's all in. It, it's come into my house when I got some bananas once. Mm. It seems to be everywhere now. Every day I'll go out and knock a few off, but then they move. <laughs> we need a, a photo, I think, June. Yeah, I'm stupid. I can't do that sort of thing. Um, I, I, I don't. It's so tiny, darling, that when I crush it, if I can, it's just like a little. That's why I thought wouldn't be, would it? It's a hard shell. It looks like and it looks like a little black seed on my bench or somewhere. And, and they come um, into the house. They are in the house, darling, amongst stuff there. I have a feeling they might be on a plant hmm. that I've brought in. Oh, look, I know. I saw one one day. I went to get pick it up, and it actually moved a bit. And I thought you're alive, not hmm. a dead seed. So. And they're so tiny. They, they've got a life. So they like would, a little beetle? Yes, they would be a little beetle in very, very miniature size. Hmm. And there's a lot of them. I think I'm getting them down now a bit, not so many in the house. It seems to come when some fruit came, some bananas. Oh, it's, 
it's possible they were transported in on them. Um, yeah, yeah. Without sort of seeing them, it doesn't really ring any any bells. They're not. They're not. They don't fly, do they, June? They're not flying around. I would get. I have a feeling it would proceed to that. Well, they're not like gnats or something. Well, at the stage I see them, they're dead before they can become a gnat. Mm. Uh, so and you can't do a photo off your phone that you're. No, I can't actually. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is, I, I, can you, you obviously, if you've got so many, you could capture some and put them into a little plastic bag. Truly, truly. And, and close the bag up tightly and pop it down to a local nursery and see if they can identify it for you. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, I'll do that next time. I reckon, time. yeah, and then get to the bottom of it that way because it's a little bit hard with how you're describing it. Yeah. yeah and not being able to see it. And you wouldn't want to see it because when they're there, there's quite a lot of people. Mm. No, there's all come somewhere. Keep vacuuming okay. too. That'll just, whatever they are, you'll get on top of the numbers if you can suck them up and get rid of them. Yeah, we don't need them in our gardens. No. Okay, darling. Do that. Good luck. Thanks, June. Yeah, thanks, Pip. Okay, bye for now. And we do have a $75 gift voucher to give away. I think I'll actually give it away now. Why not? While we've got a little bit of uh, time. $75 gift voucher could be yours. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize on the station in the last 28 days. Now, this is compliments of Kerry at Bigotries in Pickering Brook. Beautiful nursery. They specialise in frangipanis, ornamentals and fruit trees. That's their big thing, but they have everything else there for you to look at as well. And every week, a lot of uh, new new product coming into the nursery. Uh, it's a continual, it's a very large nursery. It's immaculate, great place to go and have a wander about. Can't speak highly enough of it. And right now, being frangy season, yes, it is starting. Uh, she has a lot of uh, new new supplies there, and it's a good time to get your hands on some rarer cuttings as well. If you want to know more about that, give Kerry a call or visit biggertrees.com.au. And they do have a Facebook page, and there's always great info and pictures on there as well. So here is John's question. It's a long one, as John's are. In the love song Six Ribbons by John English, he tells his love what he would give her if his circumstances were different. He sings, if I were a merchant, I'd bring you six diamonds with six something something roses for my love to wear. What two words describe the colour of the roses? I'll give the question to you again. In the love song, Six Ribbons by John English, he tells his love what he would give her if his circumstances were different. He sings, if I were a merchant, I'd bring you six diamond diamonds with six something something roses for my love to wear. What two words describe the colour of the roses? 94841927. Give Bev a call now. And if you haven't won a prize on the station in the last 28 days and you're a Curtin FM member, that $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees will be on its way to you this week in the mail. And trust me, $75 goes a long way at Bigger Trees. You will get yourself something very, very nice indeed. So hop to it. 94841927. Curtin Radio. Nine o'clock news will be coming up in around seven minutes time. Okay, we do have a winner uh, for our 
gift voucher from Bigger Trees. We have Chris from Duncray. Good on you, Chris. Voucher on its way to you this week. Now, the question was, in the love song Six Ribbons by John English, he tells his love what he would give her if his circumstances were different. He sings, if I were a merchant, I'd bring you six diamonds with six blood red roses for my love to wear. That was the answer we were looking for. Thanks, Chris. Good on you. Uh, must be a bit too easy then, John. He <laughs> normally likes to make things as hard as hard as he can. You'll have to get a bit tougher. Okay, now I know we have some emails to do. I just wanted to touch uh, on the product that you have just recently released called Sassy Frassy. Mm, Thought you might like to explain that to us. What's it called? Sassy Frass. Sassy Frass. Sorry, I get carried (laughs) away. Sassy Frass. Yeah. What is it? Well, it is Frass. So it's basically insect poo. Yeah. Which, uh, it comes from black soldier fly larvae. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really quite interesting little critters, black yes, soldier fly. Yes, um, they're good guys, right? They are, yeah, absolutely. They The adults don't have mouth parts, so they don't feed. Mm. They don't bite us, but they like to lay eggs in decomposing materials. So yep. you will find them in your compost yes, bins. Yes, yes. Um, completely harmless to humans but their little larvae are voracious eaters Mm. so they'll get through a lot more decomposing material than worms do Mm. something incredible like six ton of waste can go down to like a a ton in in a week or something with the right numbers so yes so there's a a really interesting company called future green solutions that are working on this it sounds it technology but i guess it's quite basic from the point of view that they're dealing with insects not high tech you know computer equipment but they're working on the optimal breeding situation and things for for these black soldier fly larvae to come into play for waste disposal because as you know our waste is a is a huge issue for cities and in the environment worldwide yeah. so they're looking at coming up with a way to have this process and then replicate it that they can work in third world countries and everywhere to do this and the actual larvae themselves because they are such voracious eaters grow very very quickly they are high protein little critters themselves so they have a role to play in uh, pet food and fish food and things Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. so they're already being used in that uh, field they are have a natural oil which has uh, very similar qualities to coconut oil. So there's potential for, for that to be used. That's interesting. And mm. the actual little critters, as they grow, they obviously poo a lot, so you get their frass, mm. but they shed their skins as they're continually growing. And mm. those little skins, similar to, say, like something like a, a, a shellfish would have, they have that uh, – it, it, there's a protein-like um, – Product, oh, it's not the right word, but called chitin. So the chitin uh, is very beneficial with plants. A lot of studies have been done, and it's been shown that plants it stimulates their defence mechanism. Mm. It's like they are they think they're being attacked, so they promote thicker cell walls, mm. which means that the plants themselves are more robust to actual insect and pest attack. And they've been working with UWA students and done a lot of field trials. And it's also been shown to help with um, drought tolerance for plants. Mm. So there's so many wins with this product. Yes. And you don't need much of it. 
And the other thing that we've been using it in our mixes now for a while and monitoring it, and it really promotes beneficial fungi in the soil. Wow, as well. Yeah, and in our um, sort of sandy soils, fungi mm. can be quite a, a tricky thing to to encourage, mm. like fungal growth. So, yeah, so sassafras is really ticking a lot of boxes with what it does and all the little byproducts along the line of these little black soldier fly are incredibly, incredibly useful things. And so how do we use it in our garden? How uh, do you distribute it? Very small quantities of it, but just in the soil. Just mix it into yeah, the... Yeah, you can mix right? it through, say, about the top you know, 10 centimetres or mm. so into the root zone because yeah. that's where you want the microbial activity and that's yeah. where it will proliferate anyway because you've got access to air and water in mm. that top layer. And that's where your mulch is always super important because it protects that microbial activity and keeps the moisture in. So, yeah, so as I said, we're using small amounts of it in some of our soil mixes already, and we've seen some really cool things. So, mm. And how mm. often do you have to use it in your garden? Well, that's a good question. Um, mm. Not that often, I wouldn't think, because if you are promoting the beneficial microbial activity yeah. and providing the conditions for that activity to, to encourage continue, it, yeah, to yeah, encourage it's it. really, uh, unless the circumstances change and the conditions become unfavourable, mm. that activity and life will be self-sustaining. Because mm. if plants have this beautiful symbiotic relationship with all of the good bugs in the soil, so keeping plants in the soil, keeping the soil moist and mulched, it's just this biodiverse little ecosystem going on mm. under our feet mm. that just continues whether we really do much to it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. mm. very interesting. It Thank is. you. All right, we shall return to that. We're in Mindari. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hello, good. I'm so interested in that talk. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, Cindy. Very keen. Yes, yes. Mm. What, is the, uh, what is the product's name? Sassy and can you, where can you get it? I missed that part. Yeah, well, at the moment, only from us at Green Life, um, we've literally just got some packaging produced for it, so we hope we can distribute, distribute it. it. Yeah. But yes, mm, so okay. literally just mm. got it in. Um, so, All right. Yeah, but yeah, so What's new space. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now uh, I had a gardening question. <laughs> um, my uh, lemon tree, uh, well, lemon, um, well, I say tree, is in a, a big pot, and um, previous years it has been really prolific. Uh, we repotted it last year, <clears throat> and it never had any blossom on it, no fruit whatsoever. Mm. So uh, I was talking to Faye about it, and she said, oh, it missed a year, <laughs> like they uh, sometimes do. But this year, it had about uh, three blossoms on it, um, and I've got about three little buds coming from their lemons, but I don't understand why... I've only got three. <laughs> so, Cindy, yeah. I, I have to go to the nine nine o'clock news. Would you be okay to stay online and we'll finish? Of pick, course. You don't mind? Yes, okay. Of Thank you Not so much. I heard your yeah, I heard your clock <laughs> dinging in the background. I thought, uh oh. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Possible shower today with a maximum of twenty. Right now it's at sixteen point four degrees and it's going to be partly cloudy tomorrow with a maximum of 22. Then it is warming up, 
from Monday, a maximum of 27. It will be sunny and partly cloudy on Tuesday with, wowee, a maximum of 33. And it was something like yesterday was one of the coldest November days in, what was it, 20 years? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was brutal. I had the heater on last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yep. just crazy. And the rainfall for November so far, 33.4 mils, which is uh, pretty fabulous against the average of 23.2 mils. So... It was a decent drop of rain and we cannot complain about that. However, people are saying, where is, where's summer? It's not quite summer yet anyway, but uh, where, where is it? Enough, Be here I'm soon, sure. yeah. <laughs> we'll probably cop it around February and March, I'd say. Uh-huh. All right, so we're back to Cindy. Are you there? Yes, yes, certainly. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. Oh, that's at all. Uh, it's about my lemon tree. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, it... Um, was quite. It's always been quite prolific. We repotted it um, last year. Didn't get any flowers at all on there, so no fruit. Um, but this year, uh, we've had about three little bits, uh, lovely little blossoms, and we've got uh, three little buds of yeah. uh, lemons. I just, just wonder what is what's going wrong with it. <laughs> Well, it's it's always hard to say, really. Um, you obviously do set it back when you repot. Like it's technically mm. transplanting, so you are going to yes. set it back, and it is going to take some time. Yes. Uh, and there can be so many other factors, like the the soil that it went into. Is it in the same physical spot? Did you move the pot around the yard, or is it sitting where it was? Or no, no, it's the same spot. Okay. All right. Because it's produced beautiful. It's almost a thank you for repotting me. Oh, <laughs> you're so prolific. <laughs> and does the tree itself look healthy? Is it putting on fresh? Very, yeah, okay. very healthy, yeah. yes. Look, I suspect it's just patience. Um, it, it, you have given it a little bit of a setback. It's got to reestablish itself in new soil. Yeah. Um, I would suggest if you haven't already done so now that it is technically spring give it a, a fertilizer with a citrus fertilizer and a complete fertilizer right. that has some trace elements in it yes um yes. yeah and i think really just keep talking nicely to it and encouraging <laughs> it as you walk past and i i think it should come good for you if it's been a prolific fruiter in the past i think it mm. will come back it's just a bit unfortunate yes we and, haven't pruned it or anything like that i mean once we had a, a lemon uh, tree and we pruned it all, as we were told to. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. No more fruit ever. Oh, <laughs> gosh. So we left it and sort of grow it in the pot. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Can't go wrong. No. Well, look, okay, in, right. in, in the news break then, I was jumping on the, uh, you know, Dr. Google and, and trying to make myself look more intelligent. Um, and I came across this really strange tip that I've never heard before, and it might be worth trying. There's certainly nothing to lose by it. Mm. But they're suggesting to use a plain yogurt, so one that doesn't have like colours and flavours and yes, things in it, yes, and yes. use a cup or two of plain yogurt on the surface of the pot uh, and water it in well, and you can do that every four to six weeks. Now, I have never oh. heard of that before, 
No. But I guess what you are doing is introducing mm. some of the um, the bugs from the yogurt, you know, yeah. all of the different things that, yeah. that are in that. Good and it yeah, and, and it may well just do something to stimulate the soil. Like you've got nothing to lose. So no, I would love you to do an experiment for us and let I us know how it goes. Will. <laughs> Right. Uh, just a cupful. Or yeah, a cup or two of yogurt, yep, every four to six weeks and water it in. Right. I shall certainly do that. <laughs> Thank well, you Cindy. so much. Yeah. Good luck. I hope it performs miracles for you. I shall <laughs> let you know on the curtain radio card thing. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. Right. Thanks. And thanks Bye for waiting. Then. Bye. And speaking of, Glenn has dropped out, wanted to talk about Lily Pillies. Glenn, if you're still listening and you can call us back, take your call straight away. I realise you had to wait very long there with Sorry. the... No, no, it was the news <laughs> as well in between. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. So the amount of times that I've hurled out, say, a Greek yogurt out of my fridge, now <laughs> yes. it's going on the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, if we can go to a quick email then. Yes, please. There's somebody else who's got a Lily Pilly question mm. and she sent in a photo. It's quite a mature tree and unfortunately it's split so between yeah. the branches it's split down the middle and uh, the tree's still looking quite healthy but she's just asking what she can do to save it now they are tough and I suspect in time the tree would probably heal over and do its thing anyway but John and I were talking about it this morning and he mentioned a, a tip from, I think, Chris Oliver, possibly, yeah. uh, about what he has seen very effectively done where trees split is to drill through the trunk from each side of the split and put in a large bolt effectively yeah. that then you can use a, a nut to tighten and you're effectively joining the, joining tree. the tree back up mm. and then it will heal over because of course you just don't want it to rot where it has split yeah so i mean tape might help but physically being able to close pull it and close the gap much more yeah, beneficial absolutely because it's so, quite a massive split in that trunk it is and it's a big tree so you'll probably have to track down a, a big bolt to do it but they're available and yep. lily pilly is a is a tough tree you should be able to i think cope so. with that yeah yeah definitely hmm. okay okay um so there's also another email from kerry who sent in photos of a um something going on on the leaf of her peach tree uh, yeah. yeah, so this is unfortunately a disease called peach uh, leaf, leaf curl. curl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a fungal problem. And unfortunately, by the time you can see it on the leaves, there's Too not... Late. Mm, yeah. Exactly. So mm. I would probably leave it, but you don't want to let those uh, leaves fall on the tree because you can encourage the fungal to, to proliferate, fungus to proliferate in the soil. You can remove them, mm. burn them, bin them. Just depends if you're going to defoliate the whole tree, I guess, by doing it. Yeah. But the trick is to next uh, end of winter, just as the tree is about to burst into fresh bud, mm. is to spray the tree then. And there are specific... Uh, 
tree like a fungal leaf curl sprays yes you know, they're they marketed are. as yeah. that yeah. and you might have to hit it a couple of times you want yeah. to make sure there's not rain coming yeah because you don't want it to wash oh, off sure. but the point is to coat the the branches of the tree and around over all those... and under absolutely. absolutely be really really thorough yeah and then you can get on top of it and stop that spreading yeah because once it's happened it's too late for this year absolutely isn't it? yes yeah. yeah yeah okay all right guys uh we have bob melville on Line the roseman himself. We're talking about summer rose care, last minute tips to get our roses looking schmicko for Christmas and uh, the dreaded chili threat. Bob, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Ray. And thank you for joining us this morning and giving us your Pleasure. valuable time. Thank you. How did you cope with, with the weather up there yesterday? Uh, we had about an inch, yeah. Yeah. Cold. yeah, it was yeah. very cold. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't pleasant. Different to what we're used to. Well, how's your garden looking anyway? Oh yeah, pretty good. Yeah, thousands and hundreds of thousands of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> You're one man band, Bob. How do you how do you manage it all? Uh, just do uh, as longer hours each day, oh. seven days a week. Yeah, it's a labour of love. Then living the life. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good when you get it. To how you would like it, yeah. but that's when you're a good gardener. It, it never, it ne- never it's looks it's as good as you want. Want it. it? This is true. Yeah. This is true. What do you do with your roses at the moment? Uh, it's sort of late spring. What do you do to prepare your roses so that they get through the summer? Which no doubt we go, we will get our summer turn. I have no doubt. Yeah. Come January, February, March will be very warm. Yeah, so one of the things that I've noticed uh, for quite a few, uh, long time now, that most people um, bury, or when they plant their roses, they bury the crown of the, the rose. So the first thing they need to, to do is to go and have a look and see whether where it's been grafted or budded, yeah. uh, that's above the ground so the sun can, can get to it. That's the life of your plant. Yes. So once it starts warming up and uh, finish flowering, that's when um, that area needs to be exposed so the sun can get in and renew the, the branches for the following year or for the next probably three or four years. So that's vital. That's probably one of the major things that goes go wrong in growing roses. So peri- people are bearing that, that graph point. Yes, because yeah. diagrams in magazines, books, and in Europe and places like that, um, the roses are grafted onto the roots of a seedling. So they bury this. So that they don't last like they do here, probably maximum around about 10 years. Mm. So here they can last you know, if they're good varieties, they can last for years. So that's basically one of the most important things. Key uh, points. Mm. Yeah, because if you don't get water shoots, the the actual rose gets old very quick. So some some roses are, uh, can deal with it better than others. So um, mulching is very important. Mm. Um, if you don't have insulation in your house, quite difficult to stay inside or yep. or have some comfort. Yeah, that's a um, good analogy. Mm. Yeah. So um, 
the actual um, mulching, I use I re, like recycle the tree mulch, which I allow it to uh, sit for at least six months. But for the general public, uh, pea straw, uh, lupin mulch, two extremely good mulches. Um, and it needs to be fairly thick. Some mm. people just put a handful around it. Not enough, you know. yeah. Not enough. So it needs to be, you know, reasonably thick. <clears throat> so uh, if you don't, it, after a while, it'll expose the, the soil itself. And, you know, probably by around about March, which we get a lot of hot weather. Sure do. Um, you, you know, you've got no insulation. So insulation from heat and it keeps your moisture in and controls your weeds. So that's one of the big things. Uh, weeds take a lot of uh, water and food yeah. away from the plant. Mm. Yes. Um, dead, deadheading or... Um, everyone calls it deadheading, but you're really doing a pruning. Yes. Most people just take the, where the flower is and and leave um, the three leaves. So they need to count down the second or the third five leaf. Yes. And that's where you get good quality flowers again. So you cut back so, to that. Yeah. Yes. So if you don't do that, you'll get little scrawny little um, stems with small flowers. Mm. So you're not encouraging the, the plant to um, uh, give you quality of roses. So um, that's essential. Um, make sure that they don't, they're not cutting down too far because the less foliage you have, the less production of flowers. So that's major. A lot of people cut them right back because that's what the diagram in the in the yeah. magazines or whatever show you. So you so. can you can do not enough or you can go too far. But as you yeah, say, exactly, yeah. yeah, in between, yeah. So it's normally you know around about fifty percent, um, but no more than fifty percent. So if the countdown from the first one will probably be a three leaf. And then the, the, the second one will be a five leaf. And it's normally the biggest leaf mm. is where you get the best flowers from. And cut from, cut just above that? Yes. Yeah. That okay. doesn't matter. You don't have to be um, fancy with no. cutting right to the eye or anything. You just cut them. Yeah. So make, make um, deadheading um, not a chore, but... You know, yeah. a bit more exciting. Yeah, yeah. And what what about a, a feeding program at the moment then, Bob? Yeah, well, once they've used the, the energy or the food that mm. you gave them in, in um, spring, uh, they need another feed, exactly the same as ourselves. We, we have sometimes three meals a day, so they need at least four meals per year uh, for them to give you quality of flowers. So some of the best fertilisers to use, um, MPK Blue is good. Yes. Um, uh, if you can get Yarra Miller, that's another good product. Um, All-purpose fertilisers are reasonable. Um, and it's, you know, everyone thinks that blood and bone uh, is a good um, food for, for roses or any plant. 
But most of the food value is gone because there's no blood in it. There's no meat at all in it because they use every part of the, the actual um, beast or whatever it is um, because we're a very multicultural um, country and we use everything. The only thing that's left is fat, bone and the, the grass that they've eaten prior to being killed. And that's what blood and bone comes from? Yes. Yeah. So there's not a lot of, of food value in it. Mm. They do top it up with some urea, mm, does depend. And which gives you the 4% nitrogen. So blood and bone, um, if it's bad blood and bone, will suffocate your soil eventually because the fat doesn't dissipate. Mm. It sits there. So these are little things that people need to, to realise. Um, I know because when I was uh, a boy, my father had a blood and bone factory and everything, and we used to put everything in it. So that was when blood and bone was uh, dark brown, but now it's pale. Well, Bob, you're not buying the right blood and bone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Linda. Well, we actually, um, it's a selfless plug, we actually buy blood meal and we add feather meal to it and that's it. We add rock dust to it and that's it. So it is old-fashioned, proper blood and bone. If you take the blood meal and add water to it, it basically almost reconstitutes like blood. It's disgusting. Mm. But it's definitely the good stuff because I know exactly what you mean. It's very frustrating. A lot of the fertilizers, if you actually read the label, it says blood and bone in big letters, but then underneath it says based fertilizer. And It's a lot of fillers, a lot of rubbish. So rubbish going I agree. into that. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Sorry to interrupt your flow, Bob. Sorry. You're, you're a good girl, Linda. <laughs> and Bob, can you? are you able to hold so that I can do a quick break and come back to you? Of course. I'm always holding. <laughs> Aren't we all? Thank you, Squire. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Tattoo Radio. Are you there, Bob? And sorry to I do am. that to you, Squire. No, so, that's fine. So... Going back to what Linda said, I use blood meal, but it's not always easy to get. Blood meal, okay. Yes. So it's used for protein for animal feed. So I don't know whether that's the same as what Linda's, but I'd say it is Mm -hmm. um, because it's blood. So the blood is the most important part of any um, person or, or animal. Yeah. Uh, it's where the food goes through to feed your um, muscles and things. So um, the good things aren't always in the good um, so-called uh, fertilisers. So uh, I'm doing an, a little bit of an experiment with um, chicken or that pelletized stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I've found that you have to do it at least um, every four to five days otherwise you don't get anything out of it so um, I know that uh, the Rose Society has uh, sudden impact um, and I can't comment on that because I get into trouble Um, but organic is high maintenance Hmm. for the person so high maintenance means that you'll do it for a little while and then forget to do it again and it's a bit like 
liquid feeding. So liquid feeding needs to be done, to me anyway, every three to five days. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, everyone thinks, oh, yeah, I've done that, and it'll last for a, a couple of weeks. months at least, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I always double what they say to put um, in the mix. Mm. Uh, and it won't hurt anything. Uh, it'll, you'll see them green up with, overnight. Mm. So that's, that's what happens with Mother Nature. That's why when you have a thunderstorm, um, it uh, converts the nitrogen in the air that we breathe um, into food for um, the plants to eat. So in, in tropical areas, um, that's what they get each night. So they get liquid fed every night in the tropical areas of the world. Mm. So that's um, something they, that people need to know, that um, liquid feed and all that is good to, you know, before a show or whatever, or your open garden is to give them, a, you know, really rush and make them look good and, and, and healthy. Okay. So I just wanted to go back to that leaf curl. Um, I use copper yep. uh, 12 months of the year. Do you? So yep. When you say 12 months, do you mean monthly or? Uh, whenever I need to. But I, I don't have any black spot um, because when I do spray, I, it runs off the actual bush. Most people do not put enough spray on to control, so they're always um, trying to catch up, and they never catch up. Mm. So with that, with that peach curl, I would I would spray it now because um, if you can stop it now, you'll get new leaves, and and uh, make sure when you do spray any spraying that you spray the ground because that's where everything sits there waiting for the temperature to change and then it jumps up onto your, uh, either fruit tree or roses or any plant. Mm. So the ground is, is as important as the actual plant that you're spraying. And most sprays you can spray over all your garden. So when we spray, we spray everything. So that's when we get good control. Yeah. And most people say, oh, I've got something wrong with my roses. But other plants next to them have got exactly the same thing. And that's why we have good control now. I would spray probably twice a year. Mm. Um, and I, I, we don't um, have any aphids or the chili trip. You don't? Uh, we, no, we do water. We use um, yeah. water to control a lot of things. So it's very natural. So yesterday you mentioned to me that chili thrip is around. Yes, it is. It's out there and yeah. it's not come to its full potential as yet perhaps because of the temperatures and a rain that we, we experience. That's right. It's been very cool Yeah. so far. So once it warms up, once you get a 30-degree day, um, chili thrip uh, can hatch. And, and, and take off. So if your garden is dry and it's hot and you've got lots of paving and all that sort of stuff, that encourages the chili thrip or any thrip to, to persist and it rehatches very quickly. 
Mm. So water stops the re the, the hatching. Okay. Yeah. The egg. So um, I'm trying to educate people to in the, in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, is to go out with a, a handheld hose with a, either water breaker. It all depends on the, your pressure of the of the water you've got, um, and you get a water breaker that puts it on very fast. You can do your whole garden in ten minutes. And that stops a lot of the pests and diseases from persisting because they don't like the cold. Yeah. yeah. So if you need to use, which most people will need to use, something to um, control it. So Success Ultra is one that seems to be very successful. Um, and you need, they need to put five mils per litre of water into... Um, the the spray. Yeah. The, the the one big thing that they're not doing is they're not putting enough spray on, um, oh. and you know they put maybe ten ten liters of spray on you know fifty roses. Yeah. Well, so you again you've got to really saturate it, have it dripping yeah. under and over yeah. the leaves. Well, yeah. my six hundred roses. <laughs> Anything up to a thousand mm. liters. Yeah, a thousand liters, mm. and that gives you good control of everything. Mm. So that's that's the problem. You know, you've got these squeezy things that yes most goes on in hand, um, does nothing, completely nothing. Mm. So we need to be a little bit smarter than what um, the retailers are, are, are selling. So. Um, we used to say when Chili Trip did come to WA that we double the dose. You still can do that because um, we use uh, a commercial one if we need to um, and it's very expensive. So uh, we only use uh, a fraction of what um, Success Ultra is for the home gardener. Uh-huh. But Put lots on. It's not, you know, it might hurt your pocket a bit more, but you're going to have control. Mm. And it's like COVID. Um, chili trip's going to be around, and we need to control it. So some people have, have pulled their roses out because yes. they're impatient. Yeah. And you have to learn how to look after things. It's exactly the same as uh, COVID. Yeah, I have one rose that's a standard, Bob, and actually your son budded it for me, and it's just not—it's just not as healthy as it should be. And it had—it did—it did have chili thrip attack last year. And um, how how can you how can I get that plant back to where it needs to be? What can I do for it? So how long has it been in? It's been in the ground two years. Um, yeah, and uh, it's a young rose, a young standard that um, Rob budded for me, and it's a beautiful, yeah, what, what, beautiful thing. But it, it it got hit hard with with chili thrip. What what was the name of it? Uh, I think it's Summer Song. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's not an easy Summer Song. It's not an easy one. It's a David Austin. David Austin, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, sort of a. Um, a burnt orange. Type. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Well, that's not the greatest grower. Yeah. Yeah. Magnificent flower. Yes. So correct. anything like that, you've got to look after it a little bit better. Yes. Than maybe 
some of the others. Yes. So is there any competition as far as roots from other plants? No, no. He's. Uh, I, I, I think I'm looking after it, but it's clearly not enough. Uh, it's got some ags nearby. Uh, it's got a few plants near it, but nothing really around the... In, you know, he's got... Ags are great robbers of food. Yeah, okay, yeah. So if you dig around, you might find some the ag root, roots. That... Yeah, moving into its territory. Because they're tough as boots. <clears throat> yes, they are, yes. And on the other side of it, I've got some little rubies uh, sitting yeah. nearby. Mm. So just have a look. Yeah. Um, just you, you need to feed it a bit more. Okay, yep. It will be a little bit more susceptible to um, fungal. Yeah. So um, yes. I know I, I love the, the the colour. Yeah, me too. I'm not in love with the actual growth of it. Yeah, so yeah, I hear. The, yeah. These are the ones that um, David Austin are trying to get us from stop us from growing them because they're not what he thinks are good enough. Right. But colour, you know, when you want something different. Yeah. It's not always easy. Yeah. So just All um, right, thank you. Even, even give it more food than the others and just experiment. Just get some good um, uh, liquid feed um, and, um, and double the dose and, and every four to five days see what happens. Yeah. I know it's high maintenance. No, 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 I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. Just sit and you'll see a big difference. Okay. Thank you for that advice. I appreciate You're welcome. All right. Time has flown. I'm just looking at the clock. I didn't realise we'd had you on air so long, Bob. Um, thank you so much for your pointers to us all this morning and for giving us your wisdom. We appreciate. And if we don't speak to you between now and Christmas, we wish you and yours uh, all the best and for a fabulous 2023 as well. Thank you. We appreciate you having you on the show. Thanks, and Bob. No pleasure. Anytime. Take care. Okay. Thank you, Squire. Yes. Cheers. And to all the listeners, Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Bye. I didn't, I didn't realise the time. <laughs> and when you get deep in conversation, uh, yeah, uh, with with information, uh, it can be it can be a little bit like that. So. We can take your calls, 94841927. And Trisha Warmbrush, she's saying she meant she missed the comment you made about the yogurt. And if you could repeat that. <laughs> now you've started something. <laughs> I know, right? And I've got really no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying I came across something on the yeah. internet before when we we're talking about lemon trees. Mm. And it suggested that it aids potted lemons in particular. Yeah, interesting. Mm, to add a cup or two of a plain yogurt. So no. Uh, you know, colourings or, or flavourings necessary and water it in well and try it every four to six weeks. And I suspect mm. what you're doing is just really adding in some of the, the, the beneficial bugs that are in natural yoghurt yeah. to the soil. Which, yeah. yeah, think yep. about it because mm. it's, it's good for us, our gut, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. so it, it is a theory and uh, sourced off the internet and we all know that that can be... <laughs> Hit and miss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, you know, nothing to lose. And we were also referring earlier about putting a bolt through a uh, tree, in this instance a lily pilly tree, and Margaret rang in and said that the bolt must be stainless steel. And, of course, it would be. And thank you very much for that, for Mark. The reminder, uh, yes. Yeah, yep. appreciate that as well. All right. I think we shall have a quick break. And uh, I know you've got a couple of uh, emails to get through mm -hmm. as well and some calls are starting to come in. Back shortly. 
Okay, Linda Linda Michener in the studio with us this morning, uh, giving of her time very generously to assist us with your calls. And speaking of, we're in Kingsley. Liz, hello. Very good morning, lovely ladies. Good morning. Uh, Ray and Linda. Um, I have um, a little creeper, very similar to a viola. It gets very small flowers, but it grows prolifically, and I don't know how evasive that is. Should I keep pulling it out? Because it covers the ground, it gets in pots, and it it spreads quite yeah. dramatically at, at my place. I don't. I think I know what it might be. Does it have sort of like a mauvey flower? Yes, it yeah. does. Very uh, uh, smaller than the violas, a lo- tiny little. Um, and um, no, it's a pretty flower. Yes. Very similar to um, the um, a little violet violas. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it, uh, it's creeping toad flax, or at least that's the common name for it. Um, right. And it, it is referred to really as a weed. It tends to proliferate on top of pots at my yeah. place, and mm. at certain times of the year. Um, So, yeah, look, it's one of those things. It's not a terror. Well, at my house, it's not one of the worst weeds um, and it is quite pretty and it is almost like a bit of a living mulch. It is. I saw it just yesterday in a friend's garden and I said to her, oh, well, I guess that solves the weed problem because it was just it was just all over mm. a section of her garden. Yeah. It didn't look too bad. No. I mean, it will die off uh, yeah. as it gets hotter, so you probably yeah. want to rip it out then. But, yeah, it's um, technically a weed, but, yeah, in my opinion at least, there's worse ones than, than that. Than that, mm. yeah. Did you want to get rid of it, Liz? Or? Thanks, ladies. I, that's all I needed to know. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Anne is saying she enjoyed listening to Bob and she written down all his information and thank you good on you and yeah I did a little bit of writing down as well I often do that in our interviews because you do get little pearls of wisdom and little gems throughout the show I realize Hmm. yeah and so tell me with your your we were talking about sassy frass and products like that can people like myself do I have do I bring a trailer to your place or do you sell stuff in bags like compost like Andrea was talking about yeah or is it trailer loads both both, yeah. and, but you can get it all bagged up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, we sell in bulk, so you can either have it delivered, you can bring a oh, okay. trailer, yep. or you can come and pick up from ba- us from bags. Okay. Um, some of our bag product we do have into some of the independent nurseries around town. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, and we can do deliveries. Oh, deliveries well. so that works. Bags online. So yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> My little brain's ticking over this morning <laughs> as every, yeah as we've been going through our our chats with everybody. Okay, we can take calls. Now for the next 15 minutes, 94841927. And I do know we've got a few emails to crack through. Sure. So thank you to Gail, who has a uh, had a tree removed, an itchy tree, which she's very happy to have gotten rid of. Mm. And she's had the stump ground and she's got some freshly ground up mulch. And she's uh, advised, uh, asking for advice whether or not she needs to leave it for a while to use. Um well, Bob Melville was just saying he tends to keep his mulch for about six months or so. Yeah. It, it's not essential. Um, there is an effect known as nitrogen drawdown, which is when you do mm. use fresh woody mulch. But from what I've read, it's a, it's not that big an issue. So if you have the mulch to use, it's in the way. 
Personally, I would get it on the garden now because it is such a good time to mulch before it gets hot. And if you are concerned about that nitrogen drawdown effect, which is when the breaking down of the mulch can rob the soil from, from nitrogen because the bacterial numbers are building up rapidly in the composting process... Uh, you can compensate for that with a very light dusting of blood and bone before you put the mulch down. But those bacteria that are are made up of a lot of that nitrogen, once the composting process is at a certain stage, they will die off and all of that nitrogen is re-released into the soil anyway. And it's been shown to only have an effect in the top couple of inches of soil. Anyway. Yeah, so it's not usually something to worry too much about. So I would go ahead and use it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and moving along, there's Leslie from Bullsbrook, who I think they're pelagoniums. She sent in some photos of, um, and she's got the dreaded whitefly. It seems it's such oh, it's, a problem. It's out there. Yeah, yep. such a problem. Doing the rounds. Yeah, mm. yep. So they are going to be, yeah, sucking the the lifeblood, so to speak, yeah. from your plants. Uh, so as we suggested, sticky traps or out there with a vacuum cleaner. And what what are your thoughts on uh, insecticidal soaps like? Yes, yeah, they do a, work. You yeah. can use the, the potassium uh, soap sprays or you mm. can make them yourself if you mm. get hold of the pure soap. Yes. Uh, so you can still buy pure soap flakes and yeah, things. So yeah, that. and that's, that's another option. But you do have to make contact with the insects. So yeah, yeah. these uh, low toxicity, kind of treatments Mm. only work by coming into contact with the insects they're not systemic so Mm. they're not going to be absorbed into the plant tissue yeah so if you spray the plant and you miss the fly then it's not no there's no effect at all Mm. okay yeah no i hear you all right we're heading to lockridge hi harry there you go good thank Um, you i've got oh we volunteered at um uh, of the trees uh, a while back oh yes yes and I took home a bag of mulch, didn't I? Yep. Not a bag of mulch, but like a soil mix. Now, now I've got um, nurseryman's gersel over the place. Is it a beneficial to keep it or spray it, get rid of it? I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, we've not heard of it. Educate us. Well, it's like a round cover. Um, it's got minute little rosettes of flowers and uh, of uh, leaves, and it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows everywhere. Okay, so it's a weed. You've brought a weed in. You've brought a weed yeah. home. Oh, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. I never tried eating it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't advise that, Harry. No, yeah. No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, like anything, if you're bringing in new material to your garden, uh, you can sometimes bring in th- new things. Uh, it's just a problem. So if you don't want it in the yard, then you've really just got to get onto it as quick as you can. So the soon as you see uh, my, it... My yard, bomb went off in my backyard, so it's not an issue. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you know, Harry, it'd be good to have a photo of it. Mm. Is that possible? Yeah, I could take a, take, a, take a picture of it and send it to you. Could you do that? What's, what's your mobile number? Well, no, what I'll do is I'll put you back to Bev and she'll give you uh, a number and an email address. And that would be really good to okay. have a look at it. Yep, no worries. I'm going to, I'm going to put you back to Bev. Thanks, Harry. Okay. All right, love. Cheers. Cheers. That would be most helpful mm. if we can get a picture of that. I was going to mention as well, There's um, for those of you that are on the internet, and I know a lot of our listeners are not, 
and I, and I certainly respect that. There's a great Facebook page called WA Garden Buddies. It's a new uh, little group. Uh, I'm involved in it. Every you know, a lot of people are already on it. And uh, the administrator is Kerry Dawes, and she's doing the most amazing job uh, of providing a lot of information uh, on this actual page. It's really worth joining. WA Garden Buddies, um, the administrator is Kerry Dawes. And they do have a, a lot of different things. She adds in competitions oh. and she keeps everyone up to date with all the what's going on around Perth, all garden related, and even the radio shows that are available to you. And they have a, they're going to have their very first biannual sale coming up very, very soon uh, on the 2nd uh, of December, on the Friday, 2nd December, going right through to the 4th of December. And that'll all be done online, or so I assume, at this stage. Uh, look, it's a really interesting website just for general information, educate yourself and interact with other like-minded people. Um, if you're of interest, WA Garden Buddies, um, very good little uh, Facebook page to become a member of if you feel so inclined. Oh. All right, uh, let me see, where are we? We've got calls coming through. You want to talk about this little one? Yeah, Patricia has sent in a photo of the reverse side of a leaf and it's covered with all of these funny little spots and mm. she's uh, concerned that it's a fungus. But we're happy to tell you, Patricia, that they're actually spores. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like it's a leaf of uh, an elkhorn or a staghorn or, or one of those. Something yeah. similar, yes. Yeah. And uh, all they are is the, the the spores, which are effectively the seeds of that plant. Mm. So, yeah, nothing mm. to worry about. Perfectly natural. Yes. Yes. Healthy. Yes, indeed. Mm. All right. And uh, we'll take a little break and uh, we shall return. How's that? Curtain Radio. And you are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening coming up at 10am. June Crinan with the classic 70s and he's sitting on a chair very patiently waiting with his arms folded, blinking at me. So we've got about eight minutes left of the garden show and the lines are still open. And uh, we had a couple of emails come in. I know we've got an ID on uh, one email that came in. Linda. Yeah, from Lola in Chidlow. Yeah. Uh, she's got a plant coming up and she knows them as creeping orchids. Mm. That's basically what they are known as, is walking orchids or walking yeah. iris. Mm. So, yep, that's uh, very pretty. Uh, flowers don't last long, but they are very prolific flowering. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Yep. Faye gave me some of those just recently, actually. Oh, very so nice. Shoved them in the garden, as mm. I do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, see what happens. They actually <laughs> They're called that because as they the flower tip, they bend down and take root and... Um, I and, see. And walk yeah. across the garden. Yeah, in yeah. Theory. Well, so I have a walking calanchoe as well that yeah, does something nice. similar like that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yes. good. Hmm. Um, it's obviously a testament to good soil if they do that. They 45 degree on hot gravel where I live, they don't tend to do that. <laughs> well, they touch it and go, yeah. ooh, ah. <laughs> yes. my face. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, Paul from Rockingham has got a couple of questions that he's snuck in an email here. He has a dwarf avocado and he would like to keep it to a certain height. Uh, definitely keep it pruned and train it to grow laterally because that way you'll be able to pick the fruit and enjoy it. So definitely. Um, he's also asked about propagating a grapevine, which no doubt is in full growth at the moment. And he's asking uh, if he should wait until it's dormant. And yes, the, the general consensus is to uh, propagate them at the end of winter just before they burst into bud for the season because then it's sap flowing, mm. it'll grow quickly and hopefully take root and, and do do its thing. 
And uh, the last question he's got, he's grown some imperial mandarins from seed, which is uh, you know, testament to his patience, no doubt. Yes. Um, they are only about four centimetres tall and is asking if the fruit is going to be the same as the parent. And the answer to that is nobody ever really knows. With seed-grown citrus, it does they can be so variable mm. because good citrus are often grafted. And so, yeah, it, it's fun to do it as an experiment. There's a little lottery. Mm, but you'll mm. be waiting a good few years before you'll get to find out. So mm. uh, really depends if you want to do it for, for fun and fancy. I know my son's got one growing that he's saved from seed also. And um, he's determined to see whether or not it, <laughs> it is going to be good. But, yeah, yeah. he'll um, probably have kids of his own by the time <laughs> he enjoys the fruit. <laughs> by the time he gets an actual result. And uh, let me see now. Margaret phoned in and she said, did Bob say don't plant eggs near roses? Basically, he's saying eggs, agapanthus are gross feeders and they rob our roses of uh, the nutrients. So uh, that was the comment that he made to me. I was speaking to him about a specific rose that is near some eggs but is not doing too well. Uh, so I was just getting a little bit of advice uh, from Bob about that. And um, Lynn is asking about Garden Buddies. It's not a website, uh, Lynn. It's a Facebook page. So if you Google WA Garden Buddies, uh, you're going to come up with this Facebook page, okay? So it's not a website, it's just a, it's a Facebook page uh, for gardeners to join and be part of. And uh, it's a new new little Facebook page and I just find it very useful, very mm. informative. Yep. And uh, Carrie Dawes doing an amazing job of it in giving of her time for what she's providing to the community. So yes. like to support that. What sort of gardener are you, by the way? A haphazard one. A haphazard? <laughs> well, I've been wondering that. It's... The trouble is with a business in this industry, oh. our busy season obviously uh, conflicts with when it's busy time to be in the garden. Yeah, so what, we do you, often what do you do? Drive past the garden on our way to and from work and, wave and, and to give it, it a little wave. Good grief. Uh, yeah. well, I relate. I totally relate. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, though, we've had a – because this spring has been quite gentle and um, – We've been getting away with it, haven't we? Exactly, we have. So it's been good because we have been able to steal a little bit of time to do some soil prep and rip out some uh, winter veg and things like that that have, has, we're going to seed and uh, and get some summer things in. So we've got some veggies. So we are on a, 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 it's a lot of, well, half and half bush and um, the rest of it is uh, we've got a, a reasonable veggie garden, reasonable a lot of fruit trees. Um, and we bought the place because we had that dream of so many people to be a little bit more self-sufficient yeah. and, and produce a lot of our own um, food. And the reality of running a business is, unfortunately, we don't get as much That's time right. as we would like to That's do exactly it. That's exactly right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but we do both enjoy getting out there. And uh, it's amazing, actually. We've We've kind of been blessed because, obviously, having a soil business, we've got resources you sure do but by building the soil in that garden even when we put plants in and leave it for weeks and just water mm. it does reward us and we do always find something to pick and harvest and and it really does come down to building the soil and almost just then letting nature do its thing because if we can provide the right conditions for plants to grow yeah. um, and uh, with a bit of luck and a bit of rain and the right amount of sun then plants generally speaking sometimes do better without our interference yeah it shouldn't be that hard right <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. So, so yeah, and I've got a few things in pots, and again, um, 
unfortunately I get a little passionate and will buy more when I see pretty things and then we get all busy and, guilty as charged. and then find a few ones that have been neglected possibly yep. a little too much from yep. time to time but yep. um, it is lovely having that the greenery around and uh, yeah it's been lovely the last few months because of this drawn out spring mm. and so many pretty things flowering in the garden because you have a creek running through a you. winter creek oh yeah so How that's yeah that's 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 nice to see. Uh, it flows most years, and it certainly has this mm. year. And we were almost wondering the last couple of days whether it would start again. Yeah, <laughs> quite it's crazy with the weather. Yeah, and I know you have echidnas knocking on your door. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, one thing we have done is is put in a lot more understory uh, plants. And since we've been there, which is about thirteen years now, we've got bandicoots back. Yeah, which is nice because yeah. they scoot around the garden and mm. things. And mm. um, yeah, we you we, attracted them back in. They need that habitat. They need the coverage. Like Andrew was saying, a biodiverse garden needs layers because Mm. you've got different types of birds and animals and some need canopy, others need shrubs. Mm. So the bandicoots need the ground covers and the low-growing shrubs Mm. to give them protection. Yeah, quite right. So, yeah, yeah. so that's a pleasant thing to have the the, uh, wildlife around. Oh, yeah, no, Mm. it's it's magnificent. And thank you so much for the last two weeks for filling in for Ms. Faya Kara. She'll return next week. Big boots uh, to fill. Oh, she'll be all hopefully all refreshed Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, zinging i'm sure she will be uh we will be obviously back next saturday the gardening show runs through to off the top of my head about the 10th of december then we are having a bit of a short break however next week we do have clayton anderson joining us uh from infinity lawn care so if you have lawn questions think about them you can email them to us you can phone them in or send them to us and when we're chatting with clayton next week Uh, we can get those questions answered for you because I think lawn's one of those areas that we need to talk about now. Also leading into Mm -hmm. Christmas. Christmas has a lot to answer for, (laughs) good and bad. And so thank you so very much for your time. Thank you. And thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden. And my gardenism for this morning is a garden is not a place it's a journey. And if you've been listening to Linda talk this morning, you know exactly what we're talking about. Classic 70s is next with Jim Crinan. Look, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this weather. And we've got some lovely sun coming up next week. Also brilliant for the gardens after the rain we've had. Everything is just absolutely sparkling out there. Uh, how lucky are we to be living in the state that we live in? Yes. Uh, we are blessed. Have fun, everyone, and happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.